0: Trending News, right now.
1: Our time is nine minutes past four, so we discussed that. Exactly, looking at social media in the last 72 hours with atlehang Mulefe, our social commentator. How are you this morning, atlehang I'm well, thanks, and how are you, Asanda? I'm good, thank you. Happy Monday, a great start to the week. We need to be mindful. We're going to talk about that uh, later. Our quote of the day, talking about being in the moment and not stressing too much. Let's usher a good week, Atli.
0: Yeah, hopefully. I'm quite optimistic about it.
1: Yeah. I, I, did you discover any new series? What were you watching this uh, weekend on TV?
0: Mm, nothing, but I didn't discover anything to be <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay.
1: Let's talk uh, hashtag local government elections. The IEC's urgent application being heard before uh, the Constitutional Court. Firstly, the major arguments...
0: Hello. No. Hi. Oh, okay. No, I can hear you now. Okay. Oh, you sorry. Continue. I don't know what happened i I was struggling to hear you. Okay.
1: There's actually a bit of an echo as well. Can you hear me? Yes, I can,
0: can you hear you really now. Enough.
1: Okay, so we're yes. talking the, the first trending topic then. Uh, hashtag local government elections. The IEC urgent application being heard before the constitutional court. Let's discuss the major arguments here. Uh, there's uh, those who are for and those who are against
0: okay um so the in terms of the i e c local elections um the biggest argumentation is about whether they should be had or they shouldn't be had, and also just looking at um, if it's possible if it's feasible for us to have elections at the moment, so I do think that it's important, especially as the i e c as the regulating body to stand before the constitution constitutional court um, as the one as the rule of law so that they can be able to Try and settle and find out what is the way forward and whether it's possible for um, the regulating body to be able to have these elections or not.
1: And I mean, the IEC is not just deciding on this, they didn't just wake up and say we're going to uh, approach the Constitutional Court. Yeah. It was also from a report uh, by retired Deputy Chief Justice De Kang who uh, was speaking on this, and that if elections were held on the 27th of October, which were they were set for, they would not be free and and fair. Mm. Do you think that it would be just an issue of COVID-19 that would contribute to this issue, or there's more going on in the country?
0: Um, There's definitely a lot going on in the country right now, which also can influence um, elections from being free and, and fair which I do think that as part of the principles that we stand for um, in South Africa, it was important for them then to move the elections, because had they happened, then it wouldn't have also been a matter of just um, um, uh, it being COVID, but also just a lot of underlying things that have been happening in the country at the moment. So I do think that it wouldn't have been a, a fair chance for other people to actually be given the opportunity to either be voted into power and for others to be removed. So elections wouldn't basically be free and fair with a lot that's just happening in the country, just besides COVID-19 at the moment.
1: What What do you think would be the limitations uh, specifically, though, if we just uh, zoom in in terms of COVID-19 and the pandemic that we're dealing with?
0: Okay. So in terms of limitations, when I was thinking about it, is if we do have elections, I was simply saying that Everyone should go to the voting station and actually vote. Is it something that's possible? Are we going to make it online? Which, when we make it online, it's also inaccessible. Um, But also, I think that at this point, especially when it comes to local elections where people are already fed up with Um, a lot of things that are currently happening in the country, the fact that there isn't much that the government is doing and that it takes a long time for them to actually intervene when it comes to things that directly affect them, Um, for example, the looting, for example, also just looking at how, even at the moment, you know, unemployment and many other things, and those not directly the burden of the local government, but by virtue of those people occupying power, then it automatically means that they need to look out for um, the citizens. So it's just a lot of things in terms of is it feasible at the moment and whether if it does happen, is it going to be online? Is it still going to be contact? So I think there are just so many limit, limiting factors that cannot necessarily be mitigated at this point.
1: Do you think the bigger problem would be around voter registration or campaigning?
0: Um, both, I think. I mm. think with registration also, if it takes place online, it's inaccessible because not everyone has access to the internet, for example, so that means that they won't be able to you know register, which is already a problem at the moment. Um, so even if it's for campaigning as well, I do think that it's going to be a huge problem, and also we are trying to limit you know spaces where there's over a specific number of people, so that would also affect um, the campaigning process as well of course the
1: who warning uh, uh, you know on election holding round about this time for over 70 countries we were speaking about that when we were looking at covid-19 Uh, Updates, which we do at the beginning of the show. But then there are some uh, countries who have held uh, elections with these strict protocols. And when we say strict protocols, I mean, I was looking at the queues in Zambia when they were voting. People were literally standing on top of each other. Some people were not even wearing masks. Others were wearing masks the wrong way. They were not properly covered. So when we say strict protocols for those countries that say they want to continue or move on with elections, do we just mean it in principle? And then it's not actually practiced because how do you control
0: people? We just mean it, but because we have to say it because COVID nineteen. But if we're being honest, um, especially here in South Africa, it's actually you people don't really people try to follow restrictions, but in those instances and in many other instances, people don't really you know follow those protocols. It's even similar to how even when people are allowed to. Um, attend gatherings, but they have to keep it to a certain number. People, they don't even strict to those regulations. So imagine if now that's what the instruction that they get from the government, it wouldn't be possible for them to actually live up to those restrictions that, that are in place.
1: So that report <coughs> then, uh, from Musaneke uh, recommending that the vote be pushed back to February 2022, would that be enough time? All these um, hopefully it is.
0: Yeah, hopefully it is. I think at this point, even if they shifted then, and um, there's just a couple of months left before Feb, so hopefully by that time everything is better and that we can actually vote as as, as people. We can have free and fair elections. Okay, the,
1: the DA's uh, criticism, uh, or of the IEC, saying they waited until the last minute to approach the courts. What do you make of that?
0: I do think that uh, because we've also had this conversation like a couple of weeks ago and we did speak about it, whether it's possible for those elections to happen. Mm. And yes, they did actually wait for the last minute to for, for, for the way forward. And even with the constitutional court now inter, intervening, it's also at the very last minute. But um, um, I also do think that... Um, In terms of the DA, obviously, it's their job as the opposition party to try and counteract everything that happens. Um, So I do think that even though it's late, but the fact that it's happening at the moment, it's not like many things were done at that particular moment where the constitutional court intervened. So it's not really a train smash, but they did wait for the last minute action.
1: Okay. Let's move on uh, talking. Hashtag Miss Supra National 2021. So, a South African was crowned there in this international competition as second runner up, Tad that uh, 26 year old. What do we know about this pageant? What is it about?
0: Um, I don't know. I just know that when it comes to, like, when, um, when people, go, when people, when it comes to Miss South Africa, then they select three three different people, and then they also enter different, you know, different pageants. And she had to go to Supernatural, and then the other one is um, Miss Universe, and then the other one is Miss Worlds, something like that. But I don't know really much about pageants, to be honest, or that one specifically. Um, And I couldn't even get enough time to watch it. But, I mean, we're all celebrating the fact that she's a second runner-up for um, the Supernatural
1: and this took place in Poland. Where was it, at? I didn't even know about it.
0: Same. I honestly, um, I didn't like really, because I did see that she wasn't around, though. And also that, um, yeah, Miss Namibia won. Uh, but I don't really know exactly what it is about. If it's just about embracing someone being natural or anything like that, I don't know much about supernatural.
1: Yeah, so at least then our African queens <coughs> representing us there. Namibia taking the top spot and then South Africa second runner-up. That's great. Uh, I guess, yeah, we'll we'll celebrate that. What does it speak for the relevance of pageants in this day and age? What are your thoughts? Um.
0: I mean, at the moment... Beauty pageants, at least, yeah. Yes, yeah, there's just a lot happening that people don't necessarily pay attention to them. So it's like slowly losing their relevance. But I think more so, the only one that we, that I think that has the greatest sense of importance is Miss Universe. And then after Miss Universe, everyone is just like, you know what, it's over, it's done. So I do think that though we are celebrating, but like, it's it's slowly, patients are slowly losing their relevance in society, especially now that um, people are trying to find different ways of, um, of actually embracing um, people's qualities and improving their self-esteem, and hence they are slowly losing their relevance.
1: So is that how then we could make it more relevant, uh, celebrating the different types of beauty and people just being comfortable in their skin? Do you think that's how uh-huh. we can make it more relevant or more interesting?
0: Definitely. I think what we're doing at the moment, um, it's just, it is just—it is okay, the fact that even when someone hasn't really won Miss Universe, they can enter into something different. Even when someone has not won Miss South Africa, then they're still given the opportunity to enter something else. I think it's good. I just think that we need to just find a way to uh, maybe at least change the conception of patients because even now that they're becoming slowly inclusive maybe the fact that now they're allowing maybe a transgender individual that also shows the progress that is happening but at the same time patients are slowly losing their relevance because of the specific things that they look for um i think that now in 2021 it should really be different things that they're looking for
1: and there's also men you know who uh, compete in pageants, but we don't really speak much about a Mr South Africa as much as a Miss South Africa so to speak. why do you think
0: that is because um the conception that we have as people of pageant is that they are largely made for women and not for men, so what is there to embrace about a man mostly like we don't have to you know embrace a man a man being handsome or anything like that it's 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 just very the conception that we have, which is also very traditional, that pageants are meant for women, and what are you doing there as a man? So we'll try to make it a very exclusive space, even when it's not. Hence, we celebrate more women who enter into pageants as opposed to men. But I also do think that it has a lot to do with the fact that the very inception of it was to um, allow women to improve on their self-esteem, on their confidence. So hence, we celebrate more women because the conception is that as a man, you are not necessarily, you don't have those problems. So what's the point of actually celebrating you, even if you do win Mr. South Africa or Mr. Universe? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, hashtag Nosi now. Uh, opposition party is objecting to her election as the new speaker, citing that uh, there's uh, some serious corrupt allegations that she faces. Uh, the the other candidate was DA's Dr. Anneli Lotreet, what are your thoughts on uh, this uh, new
0: election? I think the first thing, even though um, she is, because we did not have a conversation about her not so long ago as mm. well, even though she has corruption allegations, um, um, I do think that if they want it to be fair, then they should obviously allow for people to vote for it to, be, uh, to get into power. But also even the fact that the opposition party doesn't want her to occupy power, but they want someone within their own space to do that. Then it also just shows that um, in terms of parliament also, it's just even though it's majority rules, but it, it also just shows that they get to decide who they want to occupy that position. So eventually she will definitely occupy that position even if they want her to or they don't want her to because of the, the the majority party, the party that holds the most votes in parliament is the NC at the moment. So even if they do want her to occupy that seat, she definitely will get um,
1: the opportunity to do so. And uh, two major allegations on on um, a National Assembly Speaker Nosiviwe uh, mapisa Back in 2020, in September, she received a presidential reprimand for charting a military plane to Zimbabwe. We know that story. And then also uh, April 2021, she gained five million rand from a defence service provider with an investigation that's pending there by the Joint Standing Committee on defence. Can it be a case of we forget and forgive uh, these issues and just let her do her job?
0: Um, I don't think that we should. I think that it's just how we have normalised corruption, especially in South Africa, that even people that occupy seats in Parliament, it's, it's normal for them to have 50 billion corruption allegations or any allegations for that matter. So I do think that I don't holistically support it because of what she's done, because I do think that if we are now trying to improve so many things, even the people that occupy positions should be cleared from those things, so we can't be allowing someone who has already committed, who has corruption allegations, to step into power because it means that we're giving them even more power to continue doing what they were doing before they occupied that seat. So I do think that setting that precedent is important in trying to show them that if someone has committed that crimes and someone has allegations, then they shouldn't necessarily be allowed to occupy any particular seat. But we know with the NC government, that's basically what they look for mostly.
1: I think what's going to be more difficult to uh, let go of is that as Defence Minister, uh, Mapisa Ngagula was part of the security cluster that faced criticism. For failing to respond to, uh, you know, warning signs around the impeding arrest when it came to those cases at N N J uh, Johannesburg uh, lootings. So, and Parliament will be considering different committee reports on the uh, the July unrest, and she'll be, uh, you know, on the seat that she'll be occupying. How will this pan out? Is this going to be awkward? Will it be weird? Will it be one of those moments where we just can't let it go? Honestly, what what are your thoughts oh. around that?
0: I think even though it's awkward, it's in anything for us, I think for them, it's just life must go on. So what should we do now? Because she's the, the candidate that we want to occupy that seat. So I do think that even if people, even if she's in power and opposition parties and even the citizens complain about it, um, the fact still remains that they will put in in power And eventually people will forget about it, because I think there's so many people that have occupied office that we were all complaining about. But over time, um, we sort of, I don't know, even though we speak about it, but we just stopped talking about, we just stopped paying attention to those things.
1: The EFF choosing not to participate. uh, What do you make in terms of voting? What do you make of that? I mean, they were saying that the participation would be an agreement to President Ramaphosa's violation of separation of powers?
0: Um, I do think that with them not participating and deciding to distance themselves, obviously it's because they also don't want to, to seem like, because even if they try to oppose whatever decision it is, then um, they know that they wouldn't necessarily um, win in that regard. Um, and I also do think that in terms of like separations of power, it's just a matter of understanding that Um, someone holds bigger power than you and that they can regulate the amount of power that you do have. So it's also just a matter of saying that as an opposition party, even if they step in and speak, someone is always going to regulate their power and they're not necessarily going to succeed, even if they decide to now participate in it. IFP,
1: Inkata Freedom Party, they're saying they fully support the newly elected National Assembly Speaker. On a positive note, what does this say for women representation and leadership uh, within political Mm -hmm. circles?
0: Um, I think it's important because also uh, for the longest time, you know, women have been uh, uh, undermined, women have not been granted the space or given the opportunity to occupy such positions. So I do think that in terms of representation, especially as a black woman, it, it really does say a lot about, um, you know, a democratic system that is constantly trying to improve um, the lives of also trying to improve the representation of people in minority groups. So I do hope that even though she doesn't, you know, her name is not cleared, um, I, I do think that insofar as representation is concerned, having her in that position is actually important and um, it's something that's worth celebrating, actually.
1: Okay. Hashtag Social Security now, our final uh, topic. So the Department of Social Development releasing a green paper on Social Security, which uh, is seen as reflecting some of aspirations of NEDLAC. So what are the major suggestions? Because there's quite a few in terms of our Social Security system here. Um, So
0: I do think that in terms of, you know, social security which is something that's very important especially like in a country like south africa and also just maintaining that sort of sense of security for those individuals um, i do think that um some of the recommendation which i really think i find interesting is the one where um you know even the interest of the public security is actually taken into consideration because i do think that in our country we've had a major problem in terms of like social security. So the fact that now it's actually happening, it's something that's very important.
1: Unions are slamming the plan. They're saying this is an additional tax on workers struggling to make ends meet as it, it will be targeting retirement and savings.
0: What are your thoughts um, there? Yes. So I do think that even though unions are finding it very difficult, especially when it comes to people's savings and so on, Um, I do think that now it's just a matter of also just trying to be, you know, more open-minded. But I know that it's difficult uh, for people to accept that sort of open-minded, to be open-minded, especially when it concerns their own money. So I think that for now, we just have to be very optimistic about it and hope that it is going to be successful in the long run.
1: And I mean, the other challenge, or uh, those who don't really uh, agree with this green paper is this eight or up to eight or 12 percent that uh, employees will be contributing they'll be compelled to contribute to this fund it's going to be run by government and this is coming at a time when public confidence in state-owned entities
0: is not so great Mm. that's true um so hence i was saying that in terms of like you know maintaining social security in south africa is important because at the moment when Um, You know, public interest or public security is not maintained. It's difficult then for people to have faith in a government that is consistently failing them. Hence, it's going to be a very difficult thing. Even if it does happen, it it means that it's just a matter of taking a leap of faith and hoping that government policies are going to be effective in the long run.
1: And it may be several years Excuse me, before this uh, proposal yeah. uh, is implemented, if it will be uh, implemented. But the argument of business that uh, the retirement needs of uncovered workers could be dealt with in a separate scheme without including those who already have adequate cover. Mm. What, what do we make of that? Because we, we yeah. we're not looking at uncovered workers also.
0: I think it's important that now we actually find a way to protect them as well, um, because also in terms of you know, trying to be more inclusive, especially in those government policies, um, I do think that they also just need to make sure that they create a system mm. that can be able to you know, protect them and make sure that even those who are uncovered can be able to have that sense of security, and those who are uncovered can also just have faith in the fact that it will work out and that they don't have to constantly worry about it. Um, So knowing our government also, it's like you try to be optimistic, but at the same time you know exactly what what can happen. So I do think that at the moment now, even when I try to think about it in terms of which policies there needs to be created to make sure that they are also included in the system, um, I do think that there's a lot that needs to be done in terms of making sure that those concerns Are taken care of by the government.
1: All right, a message from uh, Sandy. Let's just wrap up our trending topic saying, Hi, Asanda. Unfair elections started when the IEC said, Let us elect our ward councillors. One week was not enough to make a preparation of electing new councillors. Let's leave it there then, uh, Atlekang. Thanks again for joining us. Happy Monday, happy new week, and uh, please be safe. (laughs)
0: thank you so much and same to you Asanda
1: okay if you find a new series please let me know because I'm looking for something to watch on TV hey
0: no problem that's okay
1: (laughs) all right (laughs) atlugangmulefe a social commentator discussing uh, trending topics our time is now 4.32